You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. What's up, Houdat Nation? Welcome back inside another episode of the Straight Up Saints Podcast. It's your host, Chris Rosvoglu. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Leave a review if you want, um, and you'll get alerted every time a new video drops. Also, make sure to check out the YouTube page. I've been dropping a couple of videos on that per week, and I have one coming up this Tuesday and this Friday per usual. That's usually the schedule. If something breaks, I'll obviously have something up um, in no time for you guys. So check that out. And also the Patreon page, Straight Up Saints. I usually drop it about once a week for people if they want to join. You get more exclusive content there. You get entered in giveaways. Um, and it's just also your way of showing support for the podcast. So if you want to check that out, I'll leave the link to that in the description. Now, this episode's almost going to be not just a discussion that pertains to this season, but the upcoming season after that, not the upcoming season, the one after that as well, the following one. So the 2020 and 2021 season all basically wrapped up in this big question, and here it goes. Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston? Think about it. Who's the guy you want after Drew Brees? And it's not an easy question, and there is no actual right answer to this because we don't know who the successor will be, and we don't even know if either one will actually be the guy after Drew Brees because we have to remember it's not easy, one, to replace a Hall of Famer, and two, thrive in such a complex system if you don't have the right mental makeup and just the overall tools as a passer. Now, look, with Sean Payton, with the offensive weapons the Saints have, yeah, it's an advantage compared to playing, I don't know, let's say a Jacksonville where you don't have that luxury, but it's not easy to just be so great in a scheme the way we've seen Drew Brees. Um, And we'll see which one can take it to that next level. And I'll tell you guys who I'd rather see in just a little bit, but let's weigh the pros and the cons to Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston because there's a lot to to both of them. And the reality is there's such different quarterbacks. And I know we're going to have people say, oh my God, I can't believe you're calling Taysom Hill a quarterback. What the hell do you want to call him? A football player? Sure, but that's about it. I'm not calling him a gadget player because he's so much more than that. Um, And I'm not just going to call him a one-trick pony because basically he's a jack-of-all-trades. So we're going to call him a quarterback because that's what he is, and that's what he's getting paid to be in the 2021 season where he's going to make about $16 million for that one year. So let's talk about the pros, the cons to both of them, and and let's get into age first because I think this is an important one. Uh, One of the things that, unlike everything else, is concrete. You can't argue it. That's a fact. Jameis Winston's 26. Taysom Hill's about to be 30. That's an issue in the sense that Jameis Winston's 26 and he has five years of experience as a starting quarterback in the NFL, whereas Taysom Hill's 30 or about to be 30 and has never started an NFL game. There's another in, uh, another issue about injury prone. Um, and look, Taysom Hill's been durable for the, for the Saints, but back at BYU, he had four season-ending injuries. That's something to monitor. Whereas Jameis Winston, he's been banged up, but he usually plays through every injury this past season, played through a, you know, a sprained knee, played through a couple broken fingers from time to time. The guy's tough. Now, Taysom Hill is as tough as they come as well, but his injuries because of his playing style are usually more severe. You play like Taysom Hill, you might separate your shoulder. Uh, You know, you might hurt your knee pretty bad in terms of like a torn ACL because you're running that much. Jameis Winston, you're you're mostly in the pocket. The risk of having a major injury is definitely more limited. Um, So that's something to weigh down. And let's talk about playing style because I think playing style is the most important. Who has the better arm? It's Jameis Winston. And and look, Jameis, for all the off-field stuff, which I will discuss in a little bit, in terms of his arm talent, is one of the better guys in the league. And this is a player who has been successful since high school, goes to college, wins the Heisman Trophy, wins a national championship, 
because he's got that big cannon of an arm, and he's able to make almost every throw in the league. The problem is the consistency factor, and I'll get to that as well in a little bit. As for Taysom, we don't even know the full extent of what Taysom Hill can be, but this is what we've seen in flashes, specifically preseason. Go back, Saints-Chargers 2019 preseason, probably the best uh, in my opinion, pound for pound, the best tape you're going to find is Taysom Hill as a quarterback. And what you get with him is he makes the open throws. He makes a little something out of nothing from time to time. He rarely goes down, if ever. And the, wor- the I would say the best part about a guy like Taysom, I don't think you'll be out of games that much because he constantly moves the chains, which you saw with that Chargers Saints game. He kept them alive and kept them alive enough to end up leading them to a comeback victory in the fourth quarter. I know it's preseason, you're versing second and third stringers, it's hard to judge, I get it, but that's probably the ideal place to go check. If you're a Saints fan, you're saying, you know what, I want to see what this kid looks as a quarterback, go there. Now, Jameis Winston, consistency, big, big issue. And I'll tell you one thing about Sean Payton that he would not be able to tolerate, it's an excess amount of turnovers. And what is an excess amount of turnovers? Because there were years where Drew Brees is a gunslinger, and Drew Brees was throwing double-digit picks. And you can live with double-digit picks. Double-digit picks doesn't mean it's bad. But what you cannot do is throw 30 interceptions in one season. 30 interceptions is insane. You're basically giving about two picks a game. And also, let's not forget he had 12 fumbles. Now, he didn't lose all those fumbles, but he did have 12 fumbles. So ball security, whether it's coming out of his arm or he's getting the ball knocked out of him, is at an all-time low for Jameis Winston. On the flip side because I'm trying to be fair here when it comes to grading both quarterbacks. I talked about this on Twitter, and I'll say it again. Quarterbacks in their first year under Bruce Arians, whether he's a head coach or an offensive coordinator, have struggled mightily. Andrew Luck, 18 picks in his first year with Bruce Arians. That's a career high. Tim Couch, 21 picks, career high. Carson Palmer, 22 picks, career high. Jameis Winston, 30, way above everyone else, obviously, but a career high. This doesn't mean Bruce Arians is a bad coach for people just going, oh my God, great, the Bucs have him, he's a terrible coach. No, he's a very good coach. But his motto literally is, no risk it, no biscuit. And Jameis Winston said, okay, we're just going to throw the ball all around the field. Yeah, I love this. It's like being at the park. And was a little too liberal with the way he threw it. You know, didn't mind to take an extra risk or two per game, which ends up leading to an interception. He didn't care because it's that gunslinger down the seam mentality. Sean Payton would not stand for that. Now, Sean Payton takes his shots, but Sean Payton doesn't sit there and say, yeah, just throw it if you get picked off, who cares? And, and Bruce Arians isn't saying, you know, who cares if you get picked, but what Bruce Arians is saying is you have to continually test someone deep. And you keep doing it, you got to keep the defense honest. But by doing that, you're putting your quarterback at risk. And I don't think Jameis had enough help in Tampa Bay. I think, if anything, the coaching staff just somehow highlighted his flaws even more than they already were. They took his biggest flaw, turnover issues, and said, hey, let's magnify that. That would not happen in New Orleans, and it will not happen in New Orleans with a guy like Sean Payton. But consistency is an issue. And this isn't a one-year thing where Jameis Winston throws a lot of picks. The year before, he threw 14. 2017, he only threw 11, not bad. 2016, 18 picks. The year before that, 15 picks. He's going to throw double-digit picks. There's no way around it. The numbers show you it. Even his college career shows you it. He's a turnover machine because he's a gunslinger. But you have to live with that. And if you're okay with living like that, Jameis Winston is your guy at 26. Maybe he turns the corner. Maybe he revitalizes his career. Maybe LASIK was the answer. How about Taysom Hill, though? What about him? The... Shell life for a guy like him who is just all over the field is going to take punishment time after time. Probably not long, 
You're probably looking at a five-year at best career where he's athletic and making plays nonstop, and then eventually the beatdown just gets to him. And this is also because he's 30. And maybe it extends to six, seven years. Who knows? But you have to have that legitimate concern. If Taysom Hill is your starting quarterback, how many years can he play? How many games can he play in a season? Can he play a full season? Because if he can't, then let's not talk about this. You know, everyone loves to say Lamar Jackson's going to get hurt. Until the kid gets hurt, let's have that discussion. When it happens, let's do it. But until then, hold off. So I think that's interesting with Taysom Hill. Uh, what are you getting? If he's not going to be durable, we can't stick with him as a team if you're, if you're Sean Payton. That's what you have to say. We just can't do it. So that there's two discussions of both. There's a durability question with Taysom. Also, what is he? But I'll discuss that in a little bit. And then with Jameis, it's an accountability thing. One's a durability issue. The other one's accountability. I can't have someone throwing too many picks. I can't have someone missing too many games because they're hurt. Both are problems. Both need to be answered. I don't know which one will get answered, but whichever one does get answered, that'll give you your, your, you know, your successor of the future. You'll know your response there. And another issue with Jameis is, has he officially turned the corner as a person off the field? I think he has. I think a lot of the mistakes he made, granted, it doesn't mean he's excused and absolved from those mistakes. A lot of those mistakes were him at 19, at 20, at 22, when you're dumb and you think that you can get away with everything in life because you've been handed a lot of things. As a young athlete, you are vulnerable to a lot because you think you're above the law. You think that, you know, I can get away with this and no one's going to say a thing because, hey, I'm famous. People love me. But it doesn't always work that way. It doesn't. And since then, for the last couple of years, Jameis has actually done a good job. If he's ever in the spotlight, it's because he threw a stupid pick, not because he's stealing crab legs or he possibly groped an Uber driver, which are both obviously serious issues, but you're hoping he turned the corner. Now he's married. He seems to have his head on straight. He is busting his ass off. So am I worried about off the field stuff with Jameis? I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm not, not at all. And I think with the Saints locker room, that is great in terms of leadership. I think it's only going to help him grow and develop as a human being, as a quarterback, that's yet to, you know, yet to be seen. That's to be determined. But as a human being, I think he's only going to continue to go on this upward trajectory where he actually figures himself out. Now, I said I was going to talk about Taysom. What is he as a quarterback? Do we even know what Taysom Hill as a quarterback, what he can do? And we really don't, but this is what I think Taysom Hill is going to be if he gets his chance. I think he's going to be an explosive athlete who will give you about 200 passing yards a game, 250, 220. I'm going to go 220 to be fair, throw it in the middle. And he's going to make a lot of big runs. He's going to keep the sidelines energetic. He's going to keep you in ball games. And you're also, from a you know a schematic standpoint, are going to have to shift the offense. It's going to be a lot of running. It's going to be a lot of getting your guards out in space, getting your tackles out in space utilizing athletic weapons like a Deontay Harris, like an Alvin Kamara, which, by the way, if you are going to keep Taysom Hill, you need to keep Alvin Kamara because Kamara and Hill in the backfield could be a nightmare. In RPO situations, what are you doing? Is he handing it off to Kamara? Is he taking off? Is he faking a run and all of a sudden throwing a bomb to Harris over the top of the field? What, what is going on there? Like, there's a lot of moving parts, and I think Kamara would need to stay there if Taysom Hill's your guy. And I think the Saints, obviously, will have to have that discussion. I'm sure they will. And a lot of people are saying, hey, Chris, you know what? Running quarterbacks don't work. It, it, it won't happen. We should just, you know, switch it and say Jameis is the guy after Drew. And at some point, I guess I understand where people are coming from, but I don't think people who actually believe that are paying attention to this new NFL. I'm not saying you need to be a running quarterback, but you have to be mobile. And if you look at all the top quarterbacks in the league, it will show you that seems to be the case. Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, 
Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray. You go through all these young guys. What do they have in common? They can run. They're mobile. They get out in space. Even guys who are, you know, really just pocket guys, like a Kirk Cousins, like a Derek Carr, like a Garoppolo. Now, granted, those guys are really pocket quarterbacks, but at least they have some wiggle to them, some athleticism where they can get out. I think the era of a Tom Brady, of an Eli Manning, of a guy who just can't move is going to end because linebackers, defensive ends are so athletic, they will absolutely beat you down. And now people say, why didn't you lump Drew Brees into Drew Brees' footwork is exquisite. And Drew Brees has always been a sneaky athlete in the sense that if he needs to move out a little bit, maneuver out of the pocket, he can do it. And there's other quarterbacks I didn't even mention. You know, your Aaron Rodgers of the world, mobile guys. Even the upcoming class, Jordan Love, mobile. Tua, mobile. Justin Herbert, he's a big kid, but he can move. So I think the NFL is trending that way. And for the people who don't believe it, here's the reality. This is the mentality of the NFL. Adapt or die. It really is. If you don't adapt, you're probably going to get screwed over in the end of this. And it's not to say you need a running quarterback. No, what you need, though is a quarterback that can get out in space and that can make sure if all hell breaks loose and your athletic defensive ends that just continue to get better and more athletic by the year, they can avoid them. I mean, look at the defensive ends that have been coming out over the last couple years. I mean, this past draft, just take this one, Chase Young is an athletic freak. I mean, this kid might end up being, if all this pans out and he reaches his full potential, you're talking about a Hall of Fame type defensive end with rare athleticisms, about six foot four, 260, can jump out of the gym. I mean, this kid is a freak of nature. And that's the NFL for you now. People are evolving. These great athletes are playing so many different positions now. And and you need to have that type of quarterback. And the thing that I like about Taysom, actually, and it's almost a double-edged sword because there's definitely a negative to it, but there is a pro, is you don't know what Taysom Hill is. I'm not saying Jameis Winston's not going to revitalize his career, but Jameis Winston, we know what his floor is. And heck, we might have even seen his ceiling for all we know. I hope we didn't, but we at the very least know what his floor is. 30 interceptions in one season. That's not good. Now look, maybe Taysom Hill's not a quarterback, and I'm sure guys like Nick Wright will pull out their bullshit stats that say Johnny Hecker threw more passes, and Taysom Hill is about to be 30, and he can't be a quarterback. And I get where all them, where all those people get aggravated. I understand it. But there's a mystery to him. And also, it's worth noting, whose opinion would you rather trust? Sean Payton, who's making the Saints pay Taysom Hill to be a quarterback next year, or Nick Wright? I mean, come on. It's a no-brainer here. You're always going to go with the head coach, especially one who is as successful and such a you know smart offensive mind like Sean Payton. But I do actually wonder if people feel the way, the same way about Taysom Hill. Is that mysterious side team where you really don't know what you're getting from him? Does that appeal to you or does that scare the shit out of you? And it's got to be one or the other, really. There's no middle ground on that. For me, personally, I think there needs to be closure on what Taysom Hill can be. We don't know what he can be, and I'd love to see it. And, I, and after this season, when Drew Brees is gone, because I think this is his last year and a lot of people would concur with that opinion, I want to see Taysom Hill under center. I do. And that would be the answer to that question. You're saying, Chris, hey, which one do you want? I want to see Taysom Hill as the quarterback because I need to know what, one, what did Sean Payton see this whole time? And two, is it validated? 
And three, if it is, what is the ceiling for a guy like him in an offense that's very adaptable? So I'll be sitting here screaming and wondering and begging for the Saints to turn that page when Drew Brees is gone and just let us get some closure or else we're all going to be sitting here screaming like this. What's in the box? What's in the fucking box? Seriously. No, I mean, it's definitely a question to wonder about. And I'm really interested to know what you guys think. And I'm also probably going to have a YouTube video on this, and I'm sure you guys can comment then. But if you guys are listening to the podcast right now and want to reply, want to at me, want to message me, go ahead. I'm really curious. Does that Taysom Hill unknown appeal to you? Or you're like, hey, man, I'm good. I don't need to know what he wants, what he's going to be, or what he can be. And I'm sure it's it's going to be close to a 50-50 split, and that's definitely going to be interesting. Now let's shift gears here before I wrap up this podcast in a couple of minutes. Let's talk about the NFL season. And will, will there be an NFL season? And people are like, oh my God, did he really say that? And I'm just, you know, I got a comment for you. Did I stutter? Seriously, I mean, there is a serious question to be had here and a serious discussion to be had. Will there be an NFL season? Now, just to put you guys at ease, I think there will be a season. I think there will. But it's not going to be like anything we've ever seen before. It will not. How could it? We are in uncertain times where, you know, we have some states where the the virus is just spreading out of control. We have others where it is regulated and they're doing a good job. Don't get me wrong. And I applaud those. And I'm actually in one of them right now in New York that's doing a good job, which obviously they weren't months ago. But what the hell does a 2020 season look like? No one has the answer for that. Not even the NFL. They can tell you they do, they don't. Because we are in a fluid situation. Things are changing every single day. And who knows, maybe in a month from now, things get better. Although that would be a really, really optimistic take, and I'm trying to be a realist here. The 2020 season will happen, in my opinion. I think the NFL needs its money. It can't afford to cancel a season or wait for the spring. There'll be too much money lost. It really would just be so detrimental to the rest of the league and the progress they've made. Every year the cap goes up, guess what? You can kiss that goodbye if there's no season. And guys who are making a lot of money, it could basically just hinder the team for the future because that money doesn't go up in the cap. Like, imagine a team like the Chiefs, you pay all that money to Mahomes, and all of a sudden, all right, you're losing guys left and right because you don't have any more cash. So you need the 2020 season to happen. What will it look like? Constant testing. It's the only way. It's the only way to do that. You need constant testing. You also need guys to basically, for the next couple of months, stick to football. And, And by that, I'm not saying by a, you know, oh, stick to sports bullshit mantra that people like to say. I'm saying stick to football in the sense that you gotta work hard, you got to go to practice. You got to come home and basically knock out your, you know, your nightlife. You got to take out your social life for a little bit. And that's definitely not fair. I, I, I totally understand if, if players are going to be frustrated with that. But that's probably the reality of sports for the rest of this year. We've seen it with the NBA with this bubble that they're going into. You're going to have guys that are going to have to sacrifice a lot just to make sure they don't jeopardize not just themselves, but their families and their teammates and their teammates' families. You know, if, if a player... And I'll just mention, you know, trying to think, you know, for example, the Jets. Let's go with the Jets because they were in the headlines last year. Sam Darnold, after a big win, goes to a club, ends up, you know, getting sick, whatever. Sam Darnold can't do that now. He he can't. And nor should he in the first place. He's the quarterback. But guys can't do that. They can't afford to do it. So that's one thing. How about the stadiums? Because this is probably the one that the fans want to know the most. Will there actually be spectators at the stadiums? I think there will, actually. And I think a lot of people are saying, oh, well, how could you? Again, it all comes down to money. If you ever think that sports are not about the money first, then you're probably being delusional about it. It's always going to be about the financial aspect of it. The NFL needs its money. Now, we're not going to be talking about full stadiums. We're going to be talking about a limited capacity 
But limited capacity might mean 10,000, 20,000 people, depending on the state. And I think the NFL might let teams have their states dictate how many people are going to be at the games. And do you basically cut off the limit for teams that don't play in outdoor stadiums like the Saints who play in a dome because apparently it's better to be outdoors. It, it's easier um, you know, for the virus to, to go from one person to another when you're indoors. Everything's trapped in, so I get it. Um, but there's a lot going on. There's even now, literally was you know catching up on what's going on with this virus. You got people saying they might find a way to filter it out with new you know AC units and, and the way they're doing it with technology. And if that is, that's groundbreaking because then a team like the Saints... Don't really have to worry about, oh, no, we don't play outdoors. You have a way to filter it. So there's, again, like I'm saying, and I'm not trying to get all, you know, technical here. There's just so much unknown. But I think there will be fans because the NFL needs some type of, you know, in-game revenue in terms of ticket sales. I think there will be, I mean, they already signed off it, but the, the first six to eight rows will be tarped off. And that's actually a really good thing because not only are you avoiding player-to-fan contact and interaction, which for this year we're going to have to put to the side, you're also allowing those sponsors to get their money out. And by doing so, the NFL kind of cuts the loss in half. And again, this is about the cap. You want the Saints to re-sign a Marcus Williams, a Kamara, a Ramchek, a Lattimore, the cap cannot go down. If it goes down, Mickey Loomis cannot do the wonders that he does on a year-to-year basis. So that's important. So I think we're going to have limited fans. I think there will be a season. I think there will be constant testing. But it comes down to what happens if there's a major outbreak. That's one. And two, what at what point does the season not seem legitimate? For example, and this is why I say this. I know people are going to say you can't put an asterisk on it. These players are busting their ass, and I totally get it. I, I respect that side. But hypothetical here. The Saints make the playoffs, and all of a sudden, you know, Michael Thomas gets uh, gets the virus, and he's out for a week. He's out for two weeks. Like, how how in that and in any sense is that fair to that team? And and, and if you don't want to think it from the Saints' perspective, because you're sitting here panicking now, saying, "Oh, this would happen to us," and you're probably right. Think about it from another way. What if the Chiefs made the AFC Championship game, and oh no, Mahomes can't play today. He's got the virus. Like, what the hell happens there? And what happens if a team? has a guy who's asymptomatic, says, hey, you know, screw it, put him out there. And no one knows about it, and it ends up spreading that way. Like, there's so many question marks. I do think we're going to have a season. So for people panicking, I really do think the NFL is going to have a season. There, there will need to be some type of another mutation that comes around and is 10 times as infectious, but also 10 times as deadly as the current one for the NFL to say, okay, kick the can down the road because they need their money and they need to keep that cap afloat. Or else we're going to have problems. And not just problems for the next year and the years after that. We're talking about five to ten years. Who knows? Maybe the CBA gets ripped up and they start a new one. I mean, there are so many ramifications to what goes down this fall. But I think there will be a season. I just have no clue what it's going to look like. And really, neither do any of us. I mean, there's not a single person right now that has any idea what the NFL season is going to look like. Even if the NFL tells you they do, they just don't. Really fluid situation, guys. But before I wrap this up, also just want to mention real quick on a positive note. Kiko Alonso is apparently going to be ready for training camp, and that is important because the Saints linebacking corps outside of Demario Davis is a bunch of unknowns. I've talked about this before um, on the live that I did on Twitter on Thursday night. Uh, a lot of unknown with that linebacker unit. Zach Bond, unknown. Anzalone and Kiko Alonso are injury-prone. Craig Robertson is really a special teams guy. Caden Ellis, what the hell do they have with him yet? We don't know. So a lot of uncertainty in that regard. Now that, that Kiko is going to be back, if either him or Anzalone can play a full season, that would be huge 
for the Saints moving forward. But anyway, guys, that's going to do it for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. Once again, I advise you guys, if you haven't checked out the YouTube page, Straight Up Saints podcast, got some videos up there for you to check out. Check out the Patreon page if you want to become a supporter and earn some cool perks that come with it. Go ahead. Uh, make sure to subscribe and rate this podcast on iTunes if you haven't already. Follow me on Twitter at Report. Instagram at Saints underscore straight up and on Facebook at straight up Saints. Got some daily content on that platform as well for you guys uh, there. But thank, thank you so much for listening, guys. Please stay safe uh, during these times. Obviously, still a little uncertainty, but I hope you're enjoying your summer. Uh, we're only a couple of weeks away from the projected start of training camp. Whether that happens or not, still yet to be seen. But, you know, about 22 days, I believe, away, which is definitely going to be fun to see what goes down there. A lot of Taysom, Jameis arguments to be had in the future. But let me know what you guys think about the current one I just had um, in the replies on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. But that's going to do it, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy the rest of your Monday, and you have an even better tomorrow.